If you're a heart center business owner, my guess is you just want to get in front of the right people. But there's a lot of confusion. People feel stuck when it comes to marketing. And it's generally because they're using just the spray and pray type of marketing methodology. How is that working for you so far? That's my question. Is it working? And are you willing to try something new? Are you willing to try something different? Well, if you're willing to take your marketing and your business seriously, I have a, an interview right now with Carmel Murphy. Carmel Murphy is the communication queen. What she's going to do is walk you through, one, the action steps, what you actually need to do to implement a marketing strategy. Two, how to get into the heads of your future clients. Three, how to sell without actually selling. And four, how to feel good about your selling, how to feel good about your marketing efforts. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to the Awaken Your Business podcast. My name's Tyson Sharp, and if it's also your mission to heighten consciousness, yes, you are a light worker. And it's in this podcast where you execute that heart's mission by integrating your spiritual and business growth. This is what I call stepping into the role of the heart-centered CEO. This is the version of you who knows the numbers, you know how to grow an audience, you know how to create more impact and more income, but every business strategy is done through the filter of love, compassion, consciousness, and contribution. So when you're ready, take a deep breath, and I'll see you on the inside. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Awaken Your Business podcast. I talk to a lot of you, and of course, you're growing a business from your heart. And the number one question I generally get, I'm not sure if you know this, Carmel, but everyone's asking, how do I get in front of the right people? How do I get in front of the right people? How do I position myself? How do I market myself? How do I get my message out there where it's the right person and where they're going to understand me? They're going to, they're going to like my content, engage with my stuff so that I can build a business where I'm serving who I'm meant to be serving. So I'm serving who I'm put on this planet to help, who I'm, where I'm going forward with my mission. I'm going forward with my purpose and I feel on purpose within my business. So we have Carmel Murphy here. Not only can I speak to uh, her expertise on this topic, but who she is in her character, because she's just been in the serving circle, showing up, meeting people, helping in a way that is just so heart-centered and in a way that's completely caring and compassionate. And so I'm a big, big fan of Carmel's. I thought, you know what? It's a good time as any to just have her on the podcast, share all her marketing wisdom and, uh, and, allow you to take some notes in terms of how to move your business forward with your marketing, your messaging, all those different things. Um, so first of all, Carmel, how are you doing? Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> I'm doing fine. Thank you so much for having me here, Tyson. It's always great to have a chat. Awesome. Always, always. Let me read your bio quickly so that people, if they haven't heard of you, they can get a quick snapshot of who you are, what you do, what they're going to get out of this interview and uh, no doubt if they're smart, they're going to be taking notes because what I found is any single time you can take a piece of marketing and take a little piece of uh, a little tweak in how you do something can make geometric shifts in your business. Um, so I'll go into what I've been learning as well throughout this interview, no, no doubt, but I'll read, uh, I'll read your short little bio to give you, to give everyone a good old snapshot. So in marketing is vital to get the right message to the right person at the right time. This is what Carmel yeah. Murphy is all about. So Carmel Murphy is known for the being an out-of-the-box thinker and an expert in human behavior, marketing, and business strategies. 
So Carmel's passion for people, curiosity, know-how, business acumen, and her background have come together to develop unique programs around marketing, copywriting, and business design to create not only high conversion, but higher increase in sales and profit in business. So Car Carmel now coordinates, hosts, and delivers membership programs, workshops, and events to teach business owners how to build and market a sustainable business. Does that sound just about you? Oh, just about. I'm thinking I need to work on that a bit. <laughs> <laughs> You're always testing and tweaking, aren't you? But yeah, she just has, as someone has just indicated that uh, to describe Carmel, she's now known as the stress less, convert more marketing strategist. So if that's you, if you want to convert more and stress less, then she is, she is the lady for you. So give us a great understanding. Give us your, your background, your story. How did you get into marketing? How did you get into the, the realm of helping business owners uh, find their message so they can get the right <laughs> message, the right person, right timing? Go for it. Uh, awesome. Well, I would actually call myself the accidental marketer because it was never my intention to be a marketing. I've never studied officially marketing or have degrees. But way back when, so I'm from Ireland, in case you haven't noticed. Um, but I about, well, gosh, I forget about 11, 12 years ago, I was in a corporate environment. I was wrong, a state manager of a recruitment company and always felt there was this something else, this niggle. So I went down the rabbit hole and learned coaching. So I did coaching. I had to actually fly to Melbourne a lot to do my studies. And I thought, well, I love working with people. And, you know, if I can work with people and help them and they're going to pay for me to do it. Oh, my God, that's just the dream job. I'm not even going to be working anymore. Um, however, although it's a great personal development journey, I realize now that I didn't know how to market myself. So I would be a coach and I was always working full time and I was doing pro bono coaching. And then I actually decided to leave my job and I was going to run this business, but I couldn't actually get any clients. I was a mentor for brand new coaches. I was a facilitator at the school teaching people. I was doing live coaching online. But I was getting all of this great feedback, but I couldn't get somebody to pay me for it. And it was my inability for not being able to get out there and for people to see how I could support and help them. So I did this into work, out of work, into work, out of work until about six and a half years ago was actually when my beautiful sister was diagnosed with cancer um, here in Perth. And that kind of snowballed into 15 months of, you know, um, crisis point, I suppose, until she actually finally passed away five years ago. But that, learning and it sounds the weirdest thing to say that it was such a gift it really stopped me in my tracks and went what am I doing here's this beautiful woman ready to live her life ready to retire and do whatever and it snuffed out like that so I finally gave up the last job I had while she was ill so that I because when I was in I was actually working in a job that was looking after three or four states when she was diagnosed and it was like, I don't want to be in another state when something happens. So I gave up that job, did a little bit of casual work and kept the business going in the background. And I went, something's got to change. So I went back and got um, a mentor who I had touched base with before. I went, nah, it's time. It has to happen. I don't care. And through, through a series of events, he went, well, who are you talking to? And how could they hear you? And where are they hanging out? And all these avatar work and whatever. And I went, oh, for God's sake, this stuff again. 
I'd heard about it before and I kind of knew it, but he actually made me do the work. And then we started practicing is the best way to do it. Well, how can I get bones on seats? Whether it's virtual or whether it's in person, the actual feedback mechanism that's letting you know if this is working is getting clients in the door or getting bones on seats. And that's how I say accidental marketer, because I kept doing that. Now you might get five in a room. Sometimes I get four. Then I got 30. Then I get 20. And then it escalated to doing two-day events, to doing a retreat in Tasmania, to bringing the people over here and doing a retreat in um, Perth. And I really started to work out some of the simple formulas that you can find out how to get that message out to the person that needs to hear it. Because you would know Tyson and I do. I don't need 22 million customers. I just need the few of the right customers because they're the ones that I can help the most and can have that impact. So that's why I say I'm the accidental marketer. Um, but I really discovered it is right message, right person. And we can't control the time. That's the only one we can't. But when we're talking that right message and to that right person all the time, when the timing's right, the person will hear you. Ta-da. Gotcha. <laughs> I did any did any type of belief shift for you when you were going from, uh, you know, struggling with trying to get clients, to then develop to then gaining this mentor and then actually doing the work with learning about your niche, learning about your message, where they're hanging out. What shifted in you in terms of beliefs about getting yourself out there, about marketing, about business in general? Did anything start to tweak that allowed you to find success in that area? A million percent. Um, I think in hindsight is a very good, easy thing to look back on. So when I started the journey, I would have had the huge, I'm not good enough, I can't do this, who the hell do I think I am? It had already shifted to a, no, no, I can, I can do something. And, and that was even indicated, I always remember my dad, my dad was one that would always say to you, well, you've made your bed, you can lie on it. And over the years, he started saying, well, if anyone could do it, Carmen, you can. And it was like, oh, so I did start to believe I could, but I didn't know how. And then, as I said, with my sister being diagnosed, something in me um, broke is probably the best way to put it. And without swearing, although I do like to swear, um, it was like, well, F that. I either got to go big or go home. And if it's my beliefs that are stopping me and through coach training and things like that, we understood the concept of it. Well, then maybe I need to get support and help to change them. Because at the end of the day is people quite often label things as they're, you know, your failure or you've, you've failed or you've succeeded. And one of the big things that changed for me was there is no, and I know we've heard this a hundred times, there is no failure, but it was literally only, is it effective or ineffective towards the goal that I want? And if it was being ineffective, what did I need to change? What support did I need to get? And, and took away the failure or not good enough or anything like that. It was like, okay, I've taken a step. Did that work or did it not? And I used to liken it to, I'm one of those people that would jump off the edge of a cliff and then go, oh, was I supposed to have a parachute on? Um, and I started bringing in that natural three-year-old curiosity is the best way I could describe it, Tyson. And I started letting her out more. I went, you know what? What's the worst that could happen? My sister is dying. What's the worst that can happen if I fail at this thing called life? We're all going there anyway. So yes, 
definitely change beliefs. And I hope everyone's sort of picking up on that because the perspective starts to shift. The, the mm-hmm. perspective starts to shift on what marketing actually is in getting yourself out there. And we have all these fears that come up. I'm sure everyone who's listening at, the, at some level has caught themselves saying, oh my God, but what are other people going to think? Or, yes. okay, I'll do that and I'll put myself out there in a bigger way once I have this resource, once I have this, yeah. uh, you know, this type of... Once everything's perfect. Yeah, exactly. When everything's perfect, I'll <laughs> go out there because what they don't want to risk is obviously failing and triggering all these deeper fears. Um, so with everyone who's, with all your experience in this, in this field, what do you think are some of the, some of the biggest mistakes that people are making right now? If, if I'm a coach or I'm a, a consultant, if I'm following my heart and, you know, I have a gift inside me that is I'm putting out into the world. What do you think are some of the biggest mistakes that people are making right now in terms of their, their marketing, their messaging, putting it out there to a particular person? What do you think, what do you think comes to mind? Well, one of the first one is they're not taking action, that they're sitting trying to put all the, you know, they're sitting making this fantastic bamboozled course that looks amazing, but you don't even know if anyone's going to buy it. So there is, I think what changed for me and I think what people need to see is like, people don't care about you, all due respect, not that much unless that it's something that they are getting to. So it's something they can join into and something they can be a part of, all of that. They'll forget when you stuff up after five minutes, like they will, they'll be, they'll forget about it by the next day. We have this big, oh my God, I stuffed up on that live, what did I say? Well, if you can actually just be truly you, be authentic, be consistent, and really know who you're talking to. One of the, the fundamental things is to know who your ideal client is. You have to. And it's not to say, I get people saying to me all the time, but, oh, God, well, if I focus on that one person, then I'll miss out on all the others. And I do a dartboard scenario for that, which is just so I think you may have even seen me do it. Like the dartboard, if you think as your perfect client, they have maybe seven different variations of what their problem is. You go to the outer ring, they might have five. You go to the outer ring again, they might have three. So when you're talking this core message to this one person, the other people will actually hear you that need to. I mean, there's no point in me talking a message and uh, somebody says, but I need a plumber. They're not going to come to me. It's going to repel the ones that don't. I'm not a plumber. But the people that need to hear you, that you can help the most when you're clear on your message. It's really, and that's one of the fundamentals is they don't know who they're talking to and they try this spray and pray and hope to God that a little bit of stuff will stick on the wall, which it does inevitably. So you get a client and you celebrate and then you don't. So it's not predictable. It's not based in action and it's not based in the questions of what is the other person want to, what does the other person need? What does the other person want? Because they're thinking about what is, what's in for them, right? Yeah, you have to be very me-centric to your audience. They are just going, well, how can you help me? How can you support me? What can you do for me? And when we come from a place of being me-centric to them, one of the biggest mistakes I see is people consuming their own message. And what I mean by that is like, oh my God, when I was so frustrated, I wish I had this, blah, 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 blah. And people are going, well, yeah, I get that, but that's not helping me. So they're talking in their own language because they wish somebody else had helped them. And that may be the case that those people need it, but you have to talk it in their language. Mm, totally. And 
and, and, and when you're talking in their, in their language, because I'm thinking about when someone's learning this type of, this type of, uh, when, when people are going through these sort of exercises and they're like, okay, I've learned that I need to understand my client. I need to understand who I'm talking to. How deep do you go with that? How deep do you go with that? Cause I've, I've seen exercises that have three core questions and I've, I've seen exercises that have like 500 questions. How deep do you go with, um, with understanding your client, understanding who you're talking to? So I have an avatar document, my client document, which I often give to my clients. It's a nine page document. It didn't just come out of the blue. It's a working document. I still add to it right now. Um, so when you say how deep do I go, I go pretty deep to who that person is. And I've had, again, business owners go, why do I need to know that? Well, you know where they're spending their disposable income. You know what kind of things they like. Gives you an insight into their psychology as to their urgency gateway. So if you need to know what's urgent to them. So somebody on the face of it that may look very wealthy and whatever, but every penny is actually spent on just maintaining the house. They're quite, you know, broke rather than somebody who is a multi-multi-millionaire that doesn't have any expenses, just as an extreme case. So how deep do I go? I go pretty deep, but I go into what quite often I have found in a lot of those exercises isn't, um, is the psychographics. <clears throat> People tend to go the demographics a lot, but the psychographics is actually looking at their deep desires and their needs. And like, we give the, you give people what they want. We know that that's the entry point. You give them what they want and inside we know they need all this Aladdin's cave. So really understanding where they see the grass is greener. Oh, if only I was, if only I had that. Because people will pay as well. And this is where people that get a little bit afraid of sales. And when you're talking to somebody in their language and you're talking to them in the real actual decision brain which is the reptilian the original brain when you're talking from there there really isn't a push in the sales other than offering here's the platter which one would you like it's not sales and and studies have shown that people are spending their money anyway i think it's in australia it's 116 percent so 97 percent of the population will spend 116 percent of every penny they earn they're spending it anyway why not spend it with you if you know you have the solution for what it is they need but we need to really think about the decision brain does a yes or a no made here if you think way back in the, the day it was like do i eat it do i mate with it do i run away from it and most of all do i trust it so that's why and in your group particularly you're building trust tyson that's what it is people trust you people want to be in there i've been on the cause it's a very honest vulnerable cause because people trust the space but if you didn't have that trust and imagine going into the first time into this cold call kind of thing people would be all sitting back going oh i'm not sure what's this guy about Mm. So you need to be able to build trust. Totally. And uh, a lot of people might be thinking, I don't want to be salesy. I don't want to be pushy. What mm -hmm. advice would you give to someone? Did you ever make that transition yourself in terms of, uh, yeah, hated sales. Field? so you're fearing, fearing sales. What, what happened then? What shifted within you where you started to create that reframe or, or that shift in your behavior to, to something that where it was, uh, where it was, um, it took a while. <laughs> it took a while oh, because I, I was literally, um, 
we're all driven by different needs, but one of the things as human beings we do is we position for approval. So it's like, oh, I don't want to annoy anyone. Oh, I don't want to do whatever. I don't want them to think badly of me. And um, in profiling terms, I've actually got one of those big bones of I'm driven by the need to be liked. So I'm like, oh, come on, everybody. I don't want anyone not to like me. So it really was quite challenging for me to get over. I've worked in hospitality for most of my working life. And even there doing the upselling thing, I was always a bit about it. But when I changed, it's like everything else, Tyson, as you know, and I know, like we can't change the external until we change the internal. And my change came from observing how I made buying decisions as well. And how I made them in some kind of resistance ways or how I actually made them easily and observing other people and understanding the psychology of it. So as I, I just mentioned a moment ago, when the value is there, their perceived value of what they're going to get um, from you, the result they're going to get or whatever, when that perceived value is there and they trust you, there is no sales. There really isn't. It's just literally, is that the next logical step? And it just made it so much easier. When I understood that, then it's so much easier. And I never get offended if somebody goes, oh no, I don't want to. That's fine because that's not right for them right now. But when you, you really get to understand the psychology of it and that you're actually doing them a disservice not to offer it to them if it's something that you know that can help them. And I think, I think people can ask themselves that question. How do I, how do I buy? Because, mm. I mean, everyone, so many people have that fear of, I don't want to be pushy. I don't want to be salesy. I don't want to offend anyone. I don't want to annoy them. But also what you're suggesting is think about a time when you bought something that was easy, effortless, exciting, you know, induced by passion, yeah. induced with complete trust. We've all bought something. I buy like a lot of programs, books, as many of you do in personal development. Like it's exciting. You, you jump into a course yeah. and you just like, you can't wait to learn it. And you're just writing everything down and you're, and you're implementing a lot of different things and you're seeing your life improve. Like all the, all the coach training you would have done has just immensely benefited your life in many, many, in many, many ways. And so your product or service, what you're saying is your product or service can be that excitement for someone. And even that investment in themselves makes it exciting. It makes them, it, it puts the skin in the game. It, it allows them to level up and invest in themselves. And uh, as you say, it's the next logical step for in, the, in their journey, right? Yeah. yeah awesome. Absolutely. Anything you want to add on that? Um, gosh, there, there's a lot of depth to it, of understanding of it, but it has to start with you. Um, because you, you say people say, oh, you know, I don't want to be pushy, but they also usually will have that, I don't want to be sold to bone. Mm. It's, it's themselves projecting. If I sound like that, then I'm salesy and I don't want to be sold to, but it's not actually about you. It's like um, many years ago, we used to go out to a restaurant and forever in my family, it was always like, who could sneak and pay before anyone else could pay? So we'd always, you know, somebody, I've just gone to the bathroom. The next thing you know, they've all paid for all of the meals. 
And somebody said something to me um, many years ago that really stuck with me. And they said, how do you feel when you do that? And I go, oh, I feel great. I'm paying for them all and blah, 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 and all this. It wasn't about ego as in we would sometimes say, oh, she thinks she's great. She's lots of money. But it was, of course. It was my need for significance. And the thing that the person said to me was, how dare you never allow them to experience that? And I went, oh my God, they are so right. Because we're so me-centric to ourselves. I want to feel good. And even though it comes in the shell of, but I'm doing something for you, it's still taken away their opportunity to feel pleasure to do it back. So it really opened my eyes and I went, that's so true. And I think that works in marketing terms as well. And we can bring in all the laws that we know, the law of reciprocity and everything else. We're adding value. We're adding more value. We're showing them they can trust us. And then I have two people today. I have a, a, a PDF that I give away, but I have a video, an email sequence, as you would know, Tyson, that's what we do behind it. And it's been going for quite some time, but I had two people today say, you know what? One, they both got on a call with me because they learned to trust me just through that email sequence. And it's that kind of thing we have to do wherever they are, whether they're reading emails or they're on Facebook or they're on LinkedIn or they're on Instagram, we have to be showing up in a way that we build the trust. I love it. What, what, what tips do you have for people who are putting out their, their marketing? So let's say, for example, let's assume that people are listening and they're actually doing some work. They're actually doing some things with this. So they've studied their market. They've studied their niche. They know who they're talking to, not just Beautiful. the not just the the demographics, but the psychographics as well. As you as you described, you really yeah. understand them. What's some ways in which they can market themselves, whether it's on social media, emails, whatever it may be, that elicits that trust, where people can start to really uh, see that person not only as the leader in the industry, but also develop that that heart heart trust. What's what are some what are some tips or some suggestions you have? Well, you know a lot about the heart-to-heart -heart trust, Dyson. Um, um, they need to know uh, at least the first three steps of their funnel. They need to know the purpose of what they're doing. Otherwise, we can all go out and scream from the rooftops and go, da-da, I'm here. But they need to know where are they going. So we had a conversation just before this, and I said mostly my audience are on LinkedIn and um, Facebook. So I know they're there. So I'm showing up there consistently with a consistent message. So once they have their message and everything is showing up consistently, one of the best ways to communicate is by video, because it's get, even Facebook have said by 2022, they reckon the platform will be 99% video because people can look at it really easily. We've got to remember that this is how people are communicating and looking at emails, everything at the moment. This is what they're doing. So when we know that, you have to be showing up consistently. The worst thing you can do is show up now and never show up again. Consistently with your message. And it doesn't have to be as onerous as you think to create content. There are some fantastic ways that you can actually create content from content from content. So a podcast can become a video, can be sliced out into quotes, can be so many things. So to get themselves organized and structured to be consistent, I use tools, um, I'm sure you use some as well, Tyson. I use things like Airtable. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Airtable, um, Tyson. I don't, I don't use it. I use other tools, um, but I, I haven't used that one specifically. 
Yeah, it's like Excel on steroids is the best way to describe it. But I can put my content in there and then I can just copy and paste it and put it in. But you don't have to sit for hours in front of social media in order to be consistent. There's ways around it, but you must simply be consistent and you must simply talk about your core message all the time and have a way to capture those leads. One of the biggest tips is, whether you're on LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, you're only renting space. You're only renting space. They can, and I've seen it happen to a big mega famous person just recently, shut down, completely shut down their Facebook and Instagram, gone, the whole account, thousands of people. You're only renting space there. So the whole objective should always be to get them onto your list. Because once they're on your list, you can communicate and talk to them however you want until they unsubscribe, of course. Yeah. So yes, be consistent, make sure that your aim is to get them onto your list and show up with your message all the time. Okay. I've got a couple of questions there. One, if someone's sure. just learning, what do you mean specifically when you say your message? When someone's like, I put out posts and all those different things. What is it specifically that you think of when you say, when you, when you use the phrase, their message? Their core message. So for example, you've said it a few times, right message, right person, right time is one of my core messages so that you can get more clients online. That's one of my core messages. So most of the things I will talk about are hanging out of that. So, well, how do you get your right message to the right person at the right time? Well, you use your words. So we ran a course for turn your words into dollars. It was a copywriting course. Well, how else do you do it? Okay, well, you make videos. So we ran a course in how to make shut up and take my money videos. So, but it's all under the umbrella of the core message of how do you get that right message? The very first thing is the first thing we talked about, who is your ideal client? But they all are out of the same core message. So there's no illusion again that somebody would think I'm a plumber. You know, so that's what I mean by core message. When they're just starting, it can be challenging. And I refine my core message all the time. Usually have about three of them and it's the hardest thing to actually nail down. We're really looking at who do you help the most? And how do you help them? And then you think, well, who do you need to show up as? Who do you need to be for them to know that you actually are the person that can help them? So what, one of my things is, like my ideal client, is a little bit of an older lady. And there's a bit of techno fear and things like that. So one of my messages is, if a gray-haired 50-something-year-old granny can do it, so can you. Because I am a gray-haired 50-something-year-old granny. And if I can master some of the tech, well, so can you. So we bust the excuses out of, because that's one of the things I can't do it. I don't know the tech. Does that make sense? It definitely does. I'm trying to get the image out of my mind of you doing plumbing work. <laughs> <laughs> no. It, it's any plumber's ass here. <laughs> put, put, that in, put that in your message once and just see what happens. See if you get any, any clients from it. I'm interested. Uh, that'd be funny. But I, I love the... I think the, the core, core thing here, when you're understanding your message, as you just said, who are you talking to? How do you help them? Who do I need to show up as, right? Who yeah. do I need to show up as so that they can develop that level of trust? Now, when yeah. you say consistency and as well. Consistency, yeah, uh, absolutely. What, yeah. What, to show what to you is consistent? Is it posting 15 times a day? Is it five times a week? Is it a thousand times a minute? What's the what's consistent? I, I don't think I don't think there's a number um, on it. 
it's consistently to where they are. So if you know your ideal target market are only on LinkedIn, work on LinkedIn and make sure you're proficient at LinkedIn. You don't have to try and be putting 10,000 posts on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and everywhere else. If you know the majority of your target market are in LinkedIn, always find one platform and work it well, then do the others. Too many times we try and do every platform and then we don't do any effectively. I would say at least once a day um, to keep the algorithms happy as well. And then depending on whether you're in groups, whether it's Facebook or whatever like that. I mean, you can, you can do five times a day and some people do that. Is that um, how your ideal client consumes the message? So I would imagine a younger audience on Instagram, it's much more boom, 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 boom. And they consume them a lot quicker and more often. My age group on Facebook, do we consume? Yeah, we don't sit and watch it all the time. We'll sit in the evening and watch a bit. We'll sit in the morning unless we're in business. Um, LinkedIn, again, it'll be Monday to Friday, kind of nine to five. That's when they're going to check LinkedIn. They're not going to check it. Obviously, if people international, they're going to check it um, all times. But in general, they will check it in their business areas because it's much more of a business platform. So consistency is showing up. Um, I would say once a day on average, but showing up with your message. Now, I don't mean showing up and saying, hey, right message, right person, right time. Tomorrow is right message, right person, right time. It's not that. It's implying that as you're talking about. So you'll see me talking about video quite often. Well, it still comes under the same umbrella. Mm. Very cool. And I, want, I think I want to pick up also on how you answer these questions. And I think it's, a, it's sort of a subtle... Um, it's, it's, it's a subtle notice of where your focus is. And this is important for everyone who's listening. Cause as I, as I'm asking you these questions, your mind always goes to the client. It's yeah. always like, it's always, it's always to the client. It's like, okay, what am I doing here? Cause so many people, I, 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 I coach a lot of people in business and, and including myself. And when, whenever we get the most stuck, whenever we get the most, whenever we're on the hamster wheel, whenever we're confused and we're stuck in confusion, the questions are generally towards ourselves. It's like, what do I need to do? I don't know what I need to do. Uh, yeah. Am I doing this right? Am I doing this right? Am I making this the right move? And we sit in that space. But when you answer the questions here in this interview, what your, your mind immediately goes to, who am I here to help? Who am I here to help? Mm. What do they want? How does their mind work? And then, and then it's, how do I deliver that? How do I deliver yeah. that content? Even when I ask you about consistency, what about the client? How does your client <laughs> consume content? How does your client consume pieces of information? How often do they do it? When do they do it? It's just always consistently towards the client, yeah. the ideal client, what, what's working for them. And then you inject and you deliver on something. I, I, did, I read your... Um, PDF on videos. And, you know, as soon as I see that comment around the other person, it's about, it's about yeah. the other person of what, what problems, what fears, what struggles already exist in that person. Right. And that's yeah. when you inject your marketing. That's when you inject um, your, your core message. And that's when everything starts yeah. to um, un un unveil itself. Um, what do you and have that's to, really, what do you have to add there? sorry, that's really key, um, Tyson, what you've just said. 
that it already exists. So we don't have the McDonald's or Coca-Cola or the whatever big, huge marketing budgets that can educate people that they need our product. We don't. So there are four main areas that you can go and find out in, in Google. It's easily to find out. But there's four main areas that there are already what I call the lucrative customer parade. So it's people walking down the little road with their money that they're already spending. So one of those areas, for example, is wealth or anything associated with ways to build wealth, just for example. So there's people already paying other people to teach them how to be wealthy. If your vehicle is to teach people how to be wealthy, well, what is missing? Where do you need to inject yourself in so that you can just siphon off some of those people? You're not trying to tell people, oh, you didn't realize you had this problem, but you do. They already are searching. They have to be searching for their urgency problem. I call it the Panadol problem. It's like, if you want to go out for a night, and if you're going to sell somebody a Panadol so that she can go out and party, not just to get rid of the headache, it's what getting rid of the headache gives her. She wants to go out and party with her friends, but she's got this headache. But hang on, your Panadol is going to get rid of it. Gets rid of the headache, but she gets to go out. It's the same as people get a little bit scared about money, talking about money. Well, hang on. It's, they don't want the money. They want what the money is going to give them whether that be freedom, whatever. So looking for people that already have a problem and how you can communicate your message that says, I can actually help you with that thing. Mm. So you said there's four main areas. That's yeah. one, it's wealth. What, what are the other three? I knew you were going to put me on pressure and I didn't have that prepared. Uh, another one is relationships. Mm -hmm. So if you think of dating sites, for example, or you think of people trying to repair relationships, relationships in businesses, all kinds of everything, but it's under that main topic. Another one is wellness. So um, health and wellness. So whether it's fitness or diets, I mean, <laughs> come on. And then the other one is more life of purpose. So people that are more on the spiritual side, looking for what does it mean anyway? Why am I here? All of that sort of thing. So those four main areas, and they've lots of subsidiaries, so they're just a big chunk of areas. You can kind of see where you fit in, and then you go, okay, I kind of fit in that area. What messages are there? What gaps are there? What's missing? And like, if 10,000 people are going to Coca-Cola, but I have a different soft drink that's going to taste better, I don't need the 10,000 people. I just need a 1,000 coming my way. And it's getting your message that interrupts it. And quite often it's a disruptive message. I'm sure you've heard of it in marketing, the, the purple cow effect. Have you heard that term? Sure have. Yeah. So, yeah. So you're driving along the road to see all these cows. So suddenly there's a purple cow in the middle of it. You're going, what? And, and we, one of the best ways um, is contrast. That's one of the best ways to actually grab somebody's attention. Think of weight loss before and after. Think of hair loss before and after. So we don't need to reinvent the wheel. We just need to go, okay, where's our kind of broad lane? And now let me whittle it down to the lane that I can actually go in and just, just put an off-ramp onto um, your product. Totally. And I think that's important. A lot of people focus inward, which is important to go inward, of course. In the world of marketing, we want to align what's, with us, what's, what's our heart's mission, our heart's calling, our purpose, and then align that with a, a, a message that is focused out there. It's focused on what is a problem 
that already exists? What's a solution yeah. someone's already looking for? It's so much easier what you're saying than to mm. market to someone and educate them time and yeah. time and time again. If they already have this yeah. pain or they're already looking for this pleasure and you tap into that, it'll make mm. your marketing efforts so much easier. Oh, and if you think a great example of that, Tyson, also was over the years, weight loss. So suddenly at first, I think it was fat was the evil thing. Then all of a sudden sugar was. But somebody came out of it and went, hey, it's not your fault. And it's not the fat and the sugar. It's actually something wrong with your thyroid. People go, ah. So they've given another reason for the same thing. And somebody's gone, I've tried all these things that haven't worked. Maybe that one will. That's a prime example of it, but it's still solving the same problem. Mm, I get that. One of my last questions I have here, I want to ask you on your take on this. What do you think is underutilized right now? What do you think with people who are on Facebook, on, on LinkedIn, on all the social medias, they're doing, maybe they're doing videos, they're doing posts, they're doing graphics. What do you think in your, in your opinion is underutilized right now is a resource or maybe something that's up and coming that you think people can really start to tap into that most people aren't? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is video, um, but not just Facebook lives and things like that, but proper um, video. I think it's played with, but I do think it's underutilized to what it can do. Um, other than that, there's lots, there's snippets of lots of things that's underutilized, but I don't know if they stand out as much as I would say video. And I mean the, the proper get in there video that delivers a message. Mm. Gotcha. That's, that, that's what I would say. I, I'll throw that question back to you. What do you believe is underutilized? Um, I, believe, I believe that as well. Um, I think there's many things up and coming. Like if, if video is the predominant thing that's coming towards, um, that's, that's, that's going to be more of a prominent effect, in, especially in terms of the algorithms on, on social media, yeah. that's what we need to practice. And that's what we need to stand out in. I think doing your marketing yeah. in a way that's different is really going to, um, you know, is, is really going to help you stand out. Because if, if people want to yeah. stand out, we got to understand what's going to help us stand out. And if yeah. everyone's, yeah. everyone's sort of on this same thing, um, that's why I love the serving circle because it builds a community um, for each other, which is very, very unique. It's very heartfelt. Um, yeah. People get to communicate and network and, um, and serve other people where they, they don't get that experience anywhere else. So I also think, yeah. I also think building communities and building, uh, new ways in which people can interact with each other, bringing, bringing heart back into it is really where we're going. Not only because of it's not only because a lot of the communication, um, is a lot less effort on your behalf as the, as the leader. Um, but also, cause I think that's where we're going, um, in terms of our evolution, we're, we're starting to become more heart centered. We're starting to become more conscious in terms of who we are and what we are. And I think anytime you can tap into that in terms of where we're going mm. um, and putting that into your marketing, especially if that's your niche and, and who you want to attract, that's really mm. where I, I see the opportunities are. Um, but I think what, you're, what you've highlighted here is really important because no matter what you do, if you don't know who you're talking to, you're talking to everyone, therefore you're talking to no one. So yeah. really understanding who you're talking to. I actually have a, in my schedule, 
I have um, half an hour every week booked out where it's just market research and I'll go on YouTube. Yeah. I'll go on. Um, I'll, I'll look at Amazon books. I'll look at um, Google searches for questions, things people are asking yeah. in my particular, in my particular niche, you know, who are my competitors what are they doing all those, all those sort of different things. Um, so I dedicate that time because I know how important it is. Mm. Um, yeah. And so if people can just start spending a bit more time, getting out of their head and into the market and then, and then using their, their heart, their soul, their mind to develop strategies in terms of how mm. can I serve? What does the world need? What does my niche need? And mm. um, I think you'll get started to get some resourceful questions and, and resourceful answers as well. Hey. Yeah. And I think you're really right. I think a lot more people are coming out as much more authentic, much more themselves because they are coming from the heart space. It was one of my, huge learnings because in hospitality, I always have to have a mask on, keep everybody happy, make sure. And when I actually started practicing and building the bone of just being more authentically who I am, things just went like that. Mm. Just, just made a difference because it's not an effort to show up as somebody else. Yeah. I just did a, a theater play just recently and I had to actually sit myself into the character and I struggled with it for a while and I realized because going into a different character now is just so much harder than it used to be. Now I got it and I practiced it and it was a great learning, but I think that's what we do. We show up as a different person. I show up as different as mom, as partner, all of that sort of thing. But when we can have the essence of being authentically really us and coming from that trust of heart space in ourselves, then everything else is kind of just secondary really, isn't it? Beautiful. I love it. So where can people find out more about you? Where can they find out about who and what you are, where they can reach out? How can they connect with you more? Well, I'm all over Facebook. <laughs> so it's Karma Murphy or my website is www.thecommunicationqueen.com.au and all of our stuff is on there and there's a free PDF and there's downloads. So I'm happy for people to contact me. We can have a chat um, come into our membership, whatever that is for them. It's all open in there. The, the candy store is open. They choose what candy they'd like. Awesome. And so, like I said earlier, any sort of tweak in this sort of stuff, any tiny tweak can mean geometric shifts in your, in your, in your business in, and ideally in how many people you're, you're helping and you're serving. And I think that's really what um, everyone listening is really, really after. So is there anything else that you want to add in anything that's on your mind, anything that's on your heart that you'd like to share that would make this, uh, make this chat feel complete? Uh, I just want to say a huge thank you to you for having this space and for having me on to chat and just uh, really let you know how much in that group, particularly that, that you have built, how much you're appreciated. So it's awesome. Thank you. My pleasure. My pleasure. As, as we're talking about heart space, I started that group because that's what felt my calling and my alignment. And yeah. it so happens that it just provides a space for me to be vulnerable, open and honest in my true self. And the community does more for me than I do for them. Truly. It, it is an absolute pleasure. It is a, it is a gift to be able to uh, be in a space of where I'm able to just show up and, and serve and, um, and, and see how everyone's starting to evolve because of that. It is, it's, it's an honor. It's a, it's a privilege. And I, I, I don't take it lightly. Um, but 
I'm doing all this work as well, not only with my inner work, but also with this marketing stuff. It's, 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 it's amazing to just evolve and grow and, uh, and see who we become while implementing all of this. Hey, um, yeah, so I want to I thank you for being here. It's been an absolute pleasure. There's so many gold nuggets in here. And um, if anyone's listening, who are they looking to get their message and their marketing to the next level, obviously they're going to reach out to you, but first of all, take what you've know, what you've learned here, take some notes, journal out some stuff in terms of some answers for yourself no doubt you'll uh you'll see your business grow to the next level but carmel thanks so much for being here so 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 much that's great thank you thank you so much for having me tyson no problem thanks for listening to the awaken your business podcast if you're a heart-centered business owner you know that selling marketing and business strategy can bring up a lot of fear doubt and scarcity and this is why i created the community on facebook called the serving circle It's in here where you get to grow your business as a byproduct of asking the question, how may I serve? It's on our weekly Zoom collaborative calls where you get to serve by meeting like-minded people and organizing collaborations, service exchanges, and partnerships so together we can heighten consciousness through business success. So just search The Serving Circle in your Facebook groups and you'll see that you're just one heartfelt collaboration away from reaching your biggest business goal. Take care now.